0: Welcome to Canada's Podcast. At Silicon Valley Bank, we help innovative technology and life science companies grow. If you're ready to take your next step, discover how Silicon Valley Bank's founder-friendly financial solutions, industry insights, and connections can help you move your bold ideas forward fast. Go to www.internet.com s v b slash Canada slash connect. Take your next step with Silicon Valley Bank.
1: Hi, this is Celine Williams hosting from Ontario for Canada's podcast. My guest today is Dr. Jim Fang, who is a mission driven serial entrepreneur and founder of Fixable. Alongside his chiropractic degree, Jim is also a certified strength and conditioning specialist and medical acupuncturist and has directed medical teams for world championships, professional and Olympic level sporting events in the MMA and wrestling. Welcome, Jim.
2: Lee, thank you so much for having me today. This is, I think it's gonna be a fun conversation.
1: I definitely think so. I'm very excited, first of all, your background with all the sports is super cool, so I'm sure we'll get <laughs> to some of that because uh, that is definitely very unique. Um, and I'm going to ask you to tell me a little bit about your journey to get to where you are now and what you're doing now, which may get into some of those sports pieces. So I'd love to hear a bit about your story. How did you get to do what you're doing now?
2: What's a short version or the long version?
1: We got time. We got all the time. All
2: right. Sounds good. Uh, so when I was born, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> actually, um, I think the main thing and the main thing when it comes down to uh, fixable is the um, is because of my journey with pain, physical pain. So Fixable, just to let everybody know, we're a end-to-end virtual rehab platform. We help people out of pain, physical pain, work towards prevention, and then um, helps certain people work on performance, like running their first 5K and actually getting moving and changing their lives there. Um, so for me, I was... Um, I was a chiropractor i graduated back in 2009 and uh i opened up clinics i integrated them franchised them so i really understood you know how to get people better and you know i got into the profession really because of the sport of wrestling i think you mentioned some of that in the past and and i i i grew up in a not so great area (laughs) uh malton for all those people and from malton (laughs) so um you know the ghetto plex, if you will, and, and it was really for this. If it wasn't for the sport of wrestling, I'd probably be doing like a lot of that stuff in my life. So it really kept me off the streets. And and because of the sport, I really dedicated my time into it. But I had tons of different injuries, and I would have to travel an hour and a half on a bus with my uh, two-year-old sister while I was babysitting across the city to get therapy. Then go to practices with her and come back. So I, I and I had always had injuries. The sport of wrestling is literally it goes hand in hand with (laughs) injuries. So, um, and I just saw like all the different types of therapies that we were getting and what was good, what was bad. And when it came down to it, it really came down to the active component the the training and building your foundational self, bringing, building that armor. Right. So the more I I looked into it, the more I knew I wanted to get, be in the field um, of rehab and, you know, get people better. So that's why I got into the chiropractic field and, did more advancement of that and you got people better. And I think from that journey, I really understood how to get people better. And majority came down to activating them and engaging them. That education is extremely important. And I think it, it should be evidence-led, meaning based on research with best clinical practices and putting it together in a reformulation. formulation. Um, one of the key things we're missing here was engagement. Like it's great that you come in like once a month or you know, for a quittering for your back and you're back to the same place you were at. More importantly, there's ways to kind of prevent these things, like working on core foundations as you sit back up, right? And get mm-hmm. posture up. <laughs> these preventative things are extremely important. And, and there's a formula out there. There's solutions and it's based on evidence. And it's about doing. But unfortunately, people are lazy. We're lazy. I'm sure you're lazy to some degree. And majority of people watching today would rather sit back and do nothing than <laughs> do A little bit of something when things are not actually hurting. So really build fixable for prevention, but we learned quickly that people are lazy, and you really needed that stimulus of pain to get them started. So we built trust around that with a virtual call with the practitioner around the around Canada and uh, in the states, and then from there we give them a guided solution um, in the digital solutions with ability to message your practitioner anytime, and we're building really cool augmented reality to show you if you're doing the movements. Uh, mobilization stretches, you know, uh, those foam rolling properly, and it's 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 a, uh, I think it's um, it's well crafted to really engage you to kind of use the same hacking technique Facebooks and Google's doing to make you click through, to to do better for you, and so we really came to this game to to do that for people, and then I think ultimately our mission is really, really awesome, and we attract really good people because of that. I'm really excited to see what this field has uh, for everybody else because we can reduce the amount of one-on-one session by 42%. We're able to engage people 103% better than traditional models. And um, I think together there's a a great solution that doesn't have to cost so much for the general person to feel better.
1: I think this is really, as someone who has many injuries under my belt, Mm. this is really interesting. And I think that you know, and that I'll fully own that that's like, personally, I'm like, oh, this is really interesting because I know for me, even inside of injuries I'm dealing with currently, Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't know where to start. You feel like there's so many different options or so much different information or so many, and then you just don't do anything. Absolutely. Right. And then let's say you see a a physio just because that tends to be where I often start. Let's say you yep. see a physio and when you're there it's great and then they give you homework and you're like i don't remember it. i don't know what to do like it's all of these things so it's almost like you're gamifying i'm going to say rehab but yep. like gamifying whatever you want to call rehab
2: uh, absolutely yeah that's exactly what we're trying to do and um i think we've uh, i think we're you no know, good ways there and there's always room for improvement awesome. and the product you know expands and and, you know, every two weeks we get new pushes. I am so excited about this one notification, one button, and it just drives engagement even better. And I think from an iterative model, uh, um, I think we're doing all all the right things right now. And I'm sure we can do more to you know make this process better. So we're able to now, if you go into a clinic now, a lot more hands-on treatments and maybe acupuncture or shockwave therapy, like more advanced stuff to really push the new. Right. I, and at home, for the basic stuff like low back pain, zoom neck and you know, postural stuff and post operative care, even in many cases, is very cookie cutter. And there's a lot of solutions already, um, out there in the literature. We're just putting it together, synthesizing it, and then just putting a layer on it to engage you better to make sure that you're doing the right things and incrementally, progressively getting better and challenging your human self <laughs> to, to better you. Right. Feel better. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's and it's interesting because what I'm hearing you say and correct me if I'm wrong, is that mm-hmm. this is because I'm always curious when we're doing things that disrupt sort of the traditional way, models that we've worked in and those yeah. traditional models, then go, oh, my God, is it, you're, it, it's going to take all this away from me. And it's in there's this mm-hmm. pushback and this freak out and, all, you know, you get that's not going to work and it's not safe and it's not monitored or whatever the crap is that they have to say. And what I'm really hearing you say is listen that's not going to go away because there's always going to be complex injuries there's always going to be complex things happening this is maybe not desi- at least right now it's not designed for to replace that mm-hmm. but there's also so many people with foundational straightforward injuries mm-hmm. pain that don't need the that to be you know, pushed into that full spectrum of whatever it looks like and feel overwhelmed.
2: Absolutely. And you know the problem with their system right now, I think comes in a couple of folds. So about 15, 20, I guess about 20 years now, they took physiotherapy out of OHIP. So prior to that, OHIP universal healthcare was covering physiotherapy and chiropractic care um, to a certain degree. So now you only get care if you're post-operative right if you have a certain amount of weeks and then you also uh, if you're under 18 or over 65 but unfortunately there's only a handful of clinics that actually do that type of work and it's very cookie cutter they are running like a like a process <laughs> like a factory essentially because they don't get paid well enough to do those one-on-one care so you know and then of course if you look at if you work for a big corp or ever had a a third party insurance with like sunlight like, for the manualized of the world. Yep. You know that your allotment for physiotherapy and, and chiropractor and rehab and massage care, they're getting dwindling down, you know, back, back then, back in the days, like teachers, you know, the government officials, they had, they used to have unlimited physiotherapy, but people are struggling more and more these days. There, there's a high utilization right now, yet they're pulling, they have to pull these numbers back right? And now you're seeing newer contracts coming through at like $300, $500, right? Of uh, a limits uh, to get somebody better. And the national average of treatments is nine. Nine session on average of 80 bucks. How do you work out the numbers to get somebody better? And forget about just getting better, but also work on preventing and better health. Like there's none of that that's happening, right? So just out of pain, you're out the door. And there's so many things you can do on a preventative model to, to, I think from a, from an active movement standpoint to, yeah, reduce future injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Reduce better posture to feel better, just day to day feeling better. We know 75% of, um, individuals with chronic pain have some kind of mental illness as well. So it fits right in. Your body's a, you get it treated as a psycho um, biopsychosocial model of care, right? And then I think, I think overall, um, this whole thing notion of prevention and actual health model is it's really missing in our society right and OHIP is all about and your primary care is all about a disease-based model of care mm-hmm. go then go in when you have a problem mm-hmm. and then you got to go down this path of no return and, and the longer you wait the the bigger the problem the harder to fix and at the least there's more sequelae, medication Cost of medication and that, and maybe possibly in future surgeries, the cost of surgeries of that. So, like our, our job is to actually work on prevention. I think I mentioned we came here to, to create prevention, right? <laughs> to start with prevention. Yeah. But it's very hard. So, we start at pain and then we'll work towards prevention.
0: The team at Silicon Valley Bank in Canada can help you move your bold ideas forward fast, bringing global expertise to founders, investors, and innovators. Visit www.svb.com slash Canada slash connect to find out more.
1: Wellness is such a challenging area because I think every insurance company in this country, mm-hmm. countries, and, you know, the government systems talk about wellness and the importance of wellness over and over again. Right. And my, so I used to work In a previous life in health informatics and when we used to talk about wellness it was really like wellness not in a whole system you are going to be well to prevent things wellness in the framework of let's minimize the stuff that's already happening for you and that is from my experience i'm out of the field now but that continues to really be what they mean when they say wellness they don't actually mean wellness in the let's prevent things they mean wellness in a well we know this is a problem how can we minimize the impact of it going right. forward
2: yeah um I, I think it's important to take a stance on what you do and i think it's also important to track what you do i think data is really important and health and robotics, obviously <laughs> being in the field you would know all about that um and that's what we do on the back end we make sure patient progression is is calculated and how can we, we throw some AI engines there to actually progress sets and reps, and injury, um, progression of the exercise programming um, and that's specified to you. And I think it's a smarter the system gets the, the better programming gets. It's actually better than I can do it because I'm not looking at all my patients like every minute of the day to see how they're doing. The system should flag me, right? Um, and, you know, from a prevention model, um, it is wellness is a very odd topic. And I don't, I think it's really in the limelight now. Yeah. Companies do not like to spend on wellness because it's fluffy. Right. And it's like, what do you like? What do you start? What do you mean by wellness? Do You mean by your, the psychology? You mean by the physicality? Do you mean financial? Right. That's lumped in as well. So, and um, what does that stand and how do you, how do you address that? Right. Yeah. So wellness is a, is a tough, tough, you know, I think, uh, definition of, of health. So um, it, it's a really challenge to kind of figure out where you actually start with wellness. But I think if you work on a prevention model and start at a specific starting point and your goal to get to for the person, right, I think that's really important. I think right now still takes a very guided approach with maybe a pract- practitioner on the other side to kind of get you there until until our models, all of our models get better and better. To to work on what is the biggest limitation you have, you know, for what, with your chemistry as well as your physicality, movement patterns, and then how do you build you know, specific things you can actually do on your own, right, at home in the comfort of your home, so you actually would do it and actually to do it to make sure that these things are, uh, pre- you know, preventing in the future, right? As you're even looking at on the diabetes size and you know sugar levels, right. So uh, a great little um research uh, by uh, one of the UHN or working with the UHN as well, um University Health Network and Dr. Dinesh there and his crew that runs uh, Toronto Rehab, they they actually looked at your blood sugar and uh how just doing a couple sets of squats throughout the day affects your blood sugar, you know, A1C levels. It's significantly lower in that double-blind study for those individuals who are, can just break up their day. You know, just to do a couple of squats. Yeah. Like simple movement patterning and, and those things come all together to, you know, solve a problem, but figure out what that problem is for you first. And then that's what kind of we start with that conversation and assessment, if you will. And then from there, build a plan and strategic plan to get to that next step, incremental goals to get there and don't throw everything at them first, like one stop, small step and when there and then slowly incrementally build trust. And then overall, as they get better, they can feel better, their energy level goes up, less pain, you know, you're, you're mentally more functionally better, right? And then, and then, you know, then you can take other steps on the fitness side, right? From there.
1: Yeah. So currently, I want to make sure so I've understood this. So currently, uh, Fixable is really focused on people who have pain and getting them out of pain, <laughs> pain-free, mm-hmm. whatever that language is. Mm-hmm. Um, Prevention is the future of what you're talking about with fixable. Like we that. have
2: prevention there now.
1: You are there now. We right? have
2: prevention there now. I would say, the majority of people come in, in still initially, uh, they, they there's some kind of pain point, if you will, right? Just okay. like any other business, there's a problem set, there's a pain point. Yeah. So, our main ideal customer personas are one, companies with a lot of injuries, like high injury companies, industrial companies. Like, um, there's a couple of companies who are working where I can't name but um yeah. and also a couple that are looking at us that are more woke i guess in, in how they do things at work and seeing like the cost of the muscle skeletal at the workplace and seeing a huge return on uh the stuff that we're implementing so high injury is one and the other side we're looking at more of the work from home models like this is a huge stimulus work from home as well as from work back to <laughs> or from homes back to work uh models and and um we're we're doing Ergonomic assessments, uh, virtually getting you in the right setup. And that doesn't mean like buy new stuff all the time. That means hacking your station to make sure that you're in a good place. And then we have even programming for that, that kind of points you, you know, a couple of times throughout the day to do a 30 second or a minute hit, uh, quick little session to work on your hip flexors or posture, you know, chest to prevent these things from getting worse. Right. Um, yeah. So we work on both side of things, the hard, the hard physical side as, as well as the prevention side of it
1: got it so is this um it sounds like you're you have a lot of partnerships with organizations but i assume this is something that like let's say i have many injuries yeah. um, <laughs> may or may not be true um if I, I'm I'm
2: right. <laughs> we should do a mock session
1: right now right <laughs> like, well, it's, so as an individual though if, if i have an injury or i'm interested in prevention but like you said pain point is probably going to be i have an injury or many, if you're me, and I would like to, you know, minimize the pain that I'm in or get past a plateau or whatever, I can, this is something I can do individually as well. It's not only for companies. It just happens to be a model that works for both.
2: Absolutely, yeah. In the Canadian model, yeah, absolutely. You can directly hit us up. Um, In the States, you have to be in network. That's a little bit more challenging. But, um, in Canada, like as long as you have benefits where you can just pay out of pocket and your credit card, you can jump on and do the self-help sessions that are on the preventive side, like posture, ergonomic fix. We have that. So there's multi different levels and sessions. You got to like pass one to pass to get the next, You get points and stuff. So you have that. And then if you want to talk to a practitioner, you can start at, you know, fixable.com with the P-H-Y-X. It's a physical fix. Yeah. <laughs> Easy so you can start there with a free consultation and kind of walk you through. This is a gift for you. We also want to kind of triage you. If there's uh, something a little bit more sinister, we want to also, you know, send you to the right place, right back yeah. to your family doctor or, or back to sometimes emerge. <laughs> there's yeah. some stuff that we don't cover. And, um, but I would say majority about, you know, at least 85% of muscle skeletal issues uh, we do address.
1: Got it. Um, this is, I'm really curious about this. It sounds like you, this started with a Canadian focus and has expanded into the U S that's correct. Yeah. That's, so and, what, and
2: the UK was starting with as well. But
1: So I am curious what has, because the audience for this podcast is a lot of entrepreneurs who at some point might be interested in expanding out of Canada or going to other countries. What have been some of the, lessons that you've learned in doing that or challenges you faced. Um that yeah. maybe you weren't aware. Cause I think sometimes we're like, we know there's going to be challenges, but then we're not really clear on what they actually end up being.
2: Uh, you know what? I think one of the key things is make sure your foundations are good. And um like all the models that you have are very scalable. And it's okay to say not yet for those uh, opportunities. And I would say we felt to to that and we started too early in the states and we didn't get enough partnerships there to kind of land uh land ground running and you know we did it in the sense of like market research to figure out the need and understand the system pretty well we were also uh, we're backed by startup health as well so they're a big conglomerate of startup move shots in the world and backed by marketing investor dice in the journey. um so we, we are we have a like a good mentorship and presence there already, but we thought we could just jump ship real quick and start ship, and, and it failed miserably, to be honest. And um, it took another try to really get a foot wet. And now we're creating partnerships with insurers uh, there here that have footprint here as well as footprint there to start with, and then we, now we're bridging off to the larger, uh, larger insurers. So um, it, it is—it's tempting to go really quickly and. I would just bring it back to foundations to make sure you understand one market really extremely well when there, when they're really really well and 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 say no to those options because it's going to screw you on an operational side or it creates a little a, a lot of a um, lot of movement parts when you should be winning at one part and really niche in this one one part and do it extremely well and really win those people over. And have those people be your super fans and 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 read it back. And then you, you can always go back to those other people. And what's better to say, not yet to these people, and drive a little FOMO <laughs> along the way. And then when you are ready, you can always go back. Right? And I bet you, if you're working with, like especially on the BDB side of things, if you work with larger companies, I bet you they haven't moved the needle when it comes down to your topic, right? So you know, take your time. Getting there, win at a market, see how you can duplicate in a similar market, and then and then go from there.
1: Yeah, I think that's great advice. I think it's often really tempting to go fast, and um, you can end up being spread too thin as a result if you're not really careful.
2: Absolutely, I totally um, agree.
1: So before we wrap this up, I always ask the question: Is there anything that we didn't get to, or you want to emphasize as you know before we as we get to the end of the conversation? Is there something you're like? We need to talk about this still, or let's make sure <laughs> that we don't ignore how important this piece of information was.
2: I think I think you alluded to, you know, on the pre-interview when we were chatting, um, I think in regards to leadership, in regards to culture, I think also in regards to governance, right? So for those, for those of you guys, you know, starting out real early and you have a, a small crew around you, you know, make sure you take care of your small crew. And make sure as you grow, you drive that cultural piece from from the beginning and have those components of not just growth and growth and growth and having to, you know, kill it to making sure your current operations and foundations are good. And you know, I, I felt I fell straight to that as we're as we were growing. And you know, early on we lost a lot of people, different types of people. And we have to, especially now being, you know, the hiring. Frenzy right now being very, very difficult. I would uh, just make sure you're watching your own current people, make sure they are um, happy in regards to where they are. And that comes from you as founders, and you got to lead the way and making sure, like, being a founder just does not mean growth. It means good foundational growth and incremental growth that you can sustain and be able to now, you know, really. Uh, you know, build from that and hire really great people along the way, and then your people will tell the other people, the great people, how great this is uh, to, to grow. So, you know, as you as you go from zero to one, I, I would make sure that those that governments and those small pieces are there, and um and you know, build it into your overall culture as you're as you're scaling your product or, or your service.
1: I love that. I think. Listen, I my bias is towards leadership and culture, so I always appreciate ending okay. on leadership and culture, and I think that you know, what you're saying is, is really true. It's not just what you do, it's how you do it. And that how can be really hard for founders, especially as they are growing or in those early stages to be mindful of, because there are so many things you're trying to be mindful of, but the how matters. It really does.
2: Absolutely. And get the help. It's okay to say, I need help. Being a CEO, being at the top is so lonely. It's extremely lonely. And it's hard to ask for help because you want to seem like everything is all good, but get good mentorship. I sit on two, two forums for this purpose and have good advisors to really rip me apart, right? And you need it sometimes. And then when, you, and, and trying to take, this is where the mindfulness comes in and, and, you know, work on your meditation be a little bit mindful, not reactive. And, and then looking back to see what are the things that you're actually missing? And if it hits you a couple of times over the head and you're still not getting it, then maybe there's a bigger problem in mind to get your head, head on straight to make sure that the whole ship is uh, uh, moving well forward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I really appreciate that insight and you sharing that. Um, so I want to, you know, thank you very much for being on the show today. It's been really wonderful to chat with you and get to know you a little bit. So thank you for your time, Jim. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And to all the listeners, thanks for listening to Canada's podcast. Like, comment, and subscribe to all our channels to get the latest podcasts from entrepreneurs across Canada.
0: The Silicon Family Bank team in Canada can help you take your next step. Find out more about the bank that has nearly 40 years of global experience supporting venture-backed tech and life science companies and their investors. We're in Canada to help leading innovators reach the next stage faster, visit wwwsvbcom slash Canada slash connect. Take your next step with Silicon Valley Bank.